This is the Thumb and Hammer Home Improvement Podcast, episode number 16, sponsored in part by Thomas Avenue Ceramics. Home improvements, home renovations, home maintenance, home repairs, and all the other challenges of home ownership. Welcome to the Thumb and Hammer Home Improvement Podcast. Hey folks, my name is Doug, and this is the Thumb and Hammer Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about a couple different topics. So let's get right into it. As homeowners, um, when you buy a house that has had a history of ownership and you start doing some fix-ups or minor renovations, inevitably, when you start digging around, you come across the handiwork of those who have come before you. And we like to put the blame for any problems on the previous owner. I know I certainly did my share of that. You see, I've talked about our money pit, the house we own for 13 years, in past episodes of this podcast, and everything is well documented on my website at thumbandhammer.com. Simply put, that house had issues. When we bought the house, it was a power of attorney situation. Now, from what we were told, which was pretty much third or fourth hand by the time it got to us, was that the previous owner had been traveling in the U.S. We're, we're in Canada. But he'd been traveling in the U.S. and suffered a health-related incident that required him to be hospitalized. Of course, we all know how expensive health care can be in the U.S., and he got saddled with a huge bill. And that was part of the reason why they were selling the house, to pay for the hospital bills and probably because he was no longer going to be physically able to take care of the house. It wasn't too long after we bought the house that we started uncovering problems, like bad electrical, like structural issues, and these problems all had the previous owner's fingerprints all over them. These were weekend handyman-type stuff done wrong. I remember early on, I was gutting one of the two bathrooms, Actually, it was the ensuite bathroom off the master bedroom where he had done some pretty funky stuff. Like, he had sunken a large corner jet tub by cutting the floor and lowering it a foot or two and supporting it from the basement. Now, this seemed like a good idea in theory, but getting in and out of the tub was actually a little dangerous. The toilet was crammed into a narrow alcove that made it virtually unusable for some functions, if you know what I mean. And there were obvious building code and electrical code violations. Anyway, we decided that we couldn't use this bathroom, so I gutted it back to the studs. And as I'm gutting it, I'm discovering stuff that just wasn't right. Like, he had completely cut through the top plate of a supporting wall in order to run the plumbing stack up into the attic. He had removed load-bearing studs in order to put in the door from the bedroom. And the electrical? (laughs) Well, that was far more dangerous than I had first suspected. I remember that I was working at gutting this bathroom and uncovering these problems, and I was getting angrier and angrier. Until that anger just gave way to depression. At one point, I was carrying another load of debris outside to the dumpster that was parked in our driveway. 
And I sat down on the porch and literally began crying. I mean, real tears. Because everywhere that we turned in this house, there were problems. And the problems that we were finding could all be blamed on the previous owner. And as I sat there on that porch feeling sorry for myself, I felt myself getting angry again. I mean, look, I wanted to grab this guy by the lapels and drag him through the house and show him all the stuff that he did wrong. I wanted to make sure that he understood that he had ruined us, that he was responsible for financially destroying us, which, of course, wasn't entirely true. I mean, it's not like anyone was holding a gun to our head to buy this house, but, well, that didn't make me any less angry. Years later, we hired contractors to fix the structural problems, and we upgraded everything at the same time. So we had a shiny new bathroom and a shiny new laundry room and a beautiful master bedroom and a dream kitchen. At that point, part of me wanted to walk that previous owner through the house to show it off. You know, (laughs) remember that house you sold us? Look at all the improvements we made. Now, let me explain to you in detail why we had to make those improvements in the first place. Um, yeah, the emotions that I felt were pretty ugly. I felt nothing but a seething hatred and a deep-seated anger towards this guy. After those renovations were finished, my wife and I would joke, you know, we both watched Ghost Hunters. And we joked that if this guy died, we were prime candidates for a haunting because he had put so much of himself into this house. And of course, we'd gone ahead and changed his floor plan, so his ghost would be pissed. Anyway, I think you know where this is headed. Several months ago, I was looking through the obituaries, partly to make sure that my name wasn't in there, but... um, Well, seriously, I'm getting to an age now where I recognize more and more names in the obits. But I'm looking through the obituaries, and there he was. I'm I'm not sure how I felt. At first, I was indifferent. I mean, I never knew the guy personally. But then on some level, I think there was some sort of connection through the house. And I never did confront him. Not that I ever would have, really, but that opportunity was now gone forever. But I read the obituary. He was survived by his wife. Now, I recognized her name because she had actually left us a note when we first moved in about how they had fed the raccoons. Um, so yeah, I, I recognized his wife's name. And then there were the names of the children, who were all adults and the names of his grandchildren. And it was then that I felt a sort of overwhelming sadness. This was the first time that I saw him as a human being. Before, he was simply the evil previous owner, but now he was a husband, a father, a grandfather. Let's face it, the one thing we all have in common is that we all die. I had always been angry with him because I felt that he had put my family in danger through his 
shoddy work on the house. And he certainly put us in financial jeopardy. And I always question how he could have put his own family in danger, how he could live with himself, how he could sleep at night. But it was upon seeing the names of the children and grandchildren that I realized he wasn't jeopardizing his family or mine on purpose. He likely had no idea. It just wasn't something that he had set out to do. No do-it-yourselfer intentionally puts their family in danger. None of us wants our house to collapse around us. But now that this guy had passed away, I think it gave me a bit of closure. At least I know that the whole perverse fantasy of confronting him is impossible now. It's over. I have no choice but to let go. I felt sympathy for his wife, his children, and especially his grandchildren. Because they all had a different relationship with him than I did. To them... He wasn't an incompetent hack. He was a husband. He was dad. He was grandpa. My condolences to the family. Okay. Well, with that, I am going to shift gears when I come back after this word from my sponsor. Thomas Avenue Ceramics was established with one simple principle. Usher the ceramic tile industry into the digital age. Thomas Avenue Ceramics founders are industry veterans with 70 years of experience. Their fathers were in the tile business, so they grew up in that world. It is this intimate understanding of the industry, along with the working relationships built over those many years, that provide Thomas Avenue Ceramics with the means to produce beautiful, high-quality products all available at the click of a button. Thomas Avenue Ceramics provides helpful design guides to get you started, measuring tools to ensure accurate orders, real-time live chat, and friendly customer service personnel available for phone orders. When you visit their website, you can browse their selection of floor tiles, wall tiles, backsplashes, and mosaics, all in the comfort of your own home without having to deal with a pestering salesperson. Samples can be sent right to your door, so you never have to leave your house. Tile is a permanent decision. Take your time without any additional pressure, and when you are ready, their professional sales staff is available behind the screen to answer any of your questions. As a listener of this podcast, you can save 20% off your order when you go to thomasavenueceramics.com slash hammer and enter the coupon code hammer. That's Thomas. T-H-O-M-A-S Avenue Ceramics dot com slash hammer and enter the coupon code hammer at checkout. You can also click through the link on the show notes page for this episode. All right. Now I would like to introduce a new segment called If You Ask Me. I um I listen to a wide variety of home improvement related podcasts and radio shows. I don't watch too much TV t- these days, but I do enjoy home improvement stuff there as well. Now, home improvements and DIY these things are a constant learning process. 
and I want to learn. I also have a great deal of respect for the experts that I listen to, but there are times when I find myself disagreeing with some of the advice that I hear. I am in no way saying that I am an expert, but I do have some experience having been a homeowner for 20 years and doing my share of DIY, hiring my share of contractors, and researching a lot of this stuff extensively. So I would like to think that I know a little something. So what I would like to do now is take a question that I heard on one of these programs and give my own answer. On a recent episode of The Money Pit with Tom Kreitler and Leslie Segretti, there was a question that was posted on their website regarding converting a bathroom into a laundry room. Now, this person had a two-bath house, and they wanted to have a laundry room closer to the kitchen. They had a bathroom right across the hall that would make the ideal space for that, and they wanted to know if they should go ahead and give up that bathroom and convert it to a laundry room. As one would expect, Tom and Leslie argued against this plan. Tom cited the fact that home values are determined in part by the number of bathrooms, so eliminating a bathroom would decrease the value of the home. He also pointed out that eliminating a bathroom would make the house the odd man out. Only having one bathroom could make the house less marketable. Leslie claimed that she would herself prefer to have an additional bathroom over a conveniently located laundry room. She also said that it might only make sense if the room was large enough to accommodate both, but she recommended looking for a closet or other area of the house for the laundry. And then Tom added a reminder that the washer and dryer could be stacked to work in a smaller space. On the surface, all this advice makes sense, but if you ask me, it was oversimplified. First of all, the person who wrote the question had obviously given this project some thought, and for them, the bathroom across from the kitchen made the perfect location for the laundry. Now, my question is, where is their laundry now? And can that area be converted into a second bathroom? Would that location make sense for the second bathroom? Basically, you'd be trading locations. Now, we had an inexpensive bathroom built in the basement of our money pit for around $3,000, including labor. It was nothing special, but it was a fully functioning bathroom with a toilet, a sink, a tub, and a shower. And that cost also included digging the pit for the sewage pump. So it is doable. Otherwise, it might be possible to remove the toilet and the sink and leave that plumbing roughed in. That way, you would have the option to convert the room back into a bathroom when it comes time to sell, or at least let potential buyers know that it can be easily converted back to a bathroom. Another question to ask is, what is the condition of this bathroom? I mean, is it a $5,000 bathroom or a $25,000 bathroom? Is it in good shape? Or is it looking old and worn? This can all make a difference because maybe the bathroom in its current state would actually hurt the resale value. 
As far as the actual logistics of this project, the plumbing is already in the room, so um, it wouldn't be terribly difficult to modify what is already there. What I would like to know is, is the bathroom big enough to accommodate the laundry equipment and a folding table so that the clothes don't end up spilling out into the kitchen and other areas of the house? I mean, I cringed when Leslie recommended a laundry closet. This is a matter of opinion, but we had a laundry closet in our family room. And at first we thought it was a good idea to be able to do laundry while watching TV with the family, except our family room became the laundry room. Clothes ended up stacked on our dining room table, which was part of the family room. Clothes were hung on an elliptical machine that was between the sofa and the laundry closet. And even with the doors closed, the washer and dryer were distracting, to say the least, to the point where we couldn't enjoy watching TV while they were running. Any room adjacent to the laundry closet will potentially become a laundry room. Now, that's just my experience. And that's why I would never choose to have another laundry closet. So that's something that I personally would recommend against. Um, that's just me, though. I would ask this person, how long do you plan to stay in the house? I mean, if, they're, if you're planning to move in a couple years, then this sort of renovation probably doesn't make sense. But if you're planning to stay long term, well, first of all, rising property values could offset any decrease in value that's caused by eliminating the bathroom. My suggestion would be first contact a real estate agent. There are always agents who offer free market evaluations and I would offer to pay one of these agents to come and take a look at the house and offer their opinion of what it is that you want to do. Find out if this plan is going to affect the value and marketability of the house and then decide whether or not it's worth it to you. You see, the one thing that Tom and Leslie did not consider when giving their answer was the person behind the question. They were just talking about the house. It is your house. Do whatever works for you. If having a laundry room conveniently located across from the kitchen makes your life easier or increases your enjoyment of your house, then by all means, go ahead. Just be aware of the potential consequences. But if you ask me, we put too much emphasis on the resale value of the house instead of focusing on the people living in the house now. A house is more than just an investment. So yeah, this might be an expensive project, as Tom points out, but money is not always the only consideration. The other consideration is you. Do what makes sense for you. Now, if you have a question like this one or need a second opinion, just go to thumbandhammer.com slash contact and drop me an email or send me a voicemail message. Your question could be featured on a future episode of this podcast. 
I would like to thank you for joining me for the Thumb and Hammer Home Improvement Podcast. Show notes for this episode, as well as past episodes, can be found at thumbandhammer.com, where you can sign up for my mailing list so you never miss an update. If you want to contact me, you can do that through the website as well. I would love to hear from you. I will talk to you again in a couple weeks. Cheers. Cheers.